I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Sarah, it's so good to see you. I missed you last week. I know. I'm sorry. I can I can fill you in why I missed out. But the listeners did get to hear your new podcast. They did. I hope they enjoyed it. If anyone would like to tell me, give me some feedback on the new podcast. I will take it. Um, but I did. I wanted to give you my cat story update. I I'm really excited about I was, this. Yes, I, I was too. I was very excited. I was like, I'll get to tell Sarah the cat story update. We get to introduce the new podcast next week. Oh, no, wait, Sarah doesn't show up. Anyway, we could talk about that later. <laughs> okay, so I, I think I left off. I think where I left off was that we were, Rosie and I decided to um, bribe a neighborhood cat with treats to try to decide if we wanted a cat ourselves or, or even just to borrow a cat um, in order to not have a cat. Uh, and so it, it escalated quickly. Like the, what, there were two cats, there's these two cats. One is shyer than the other. Right. And the, the friend, the super friendly one, like literally went from like, I think the day after that we talked two weeks ago, literally just like started coming into our home has made like, feels comfortable going like he'll come in, He's meowing his face off because he wants more treats because we only give them him like a couple, you know, like I don't you know, like I'm not my intention is not to like fatten up someone else's cat. <laughs> and so And so he's wandering around the house like several times a day. If I'm working from home, even when Rosie's not there, he'll come and like meow loudly outside the door. Like, you know how they like kind of scream meow? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like at our back door. <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah so i like oh i've created a monster like there's definitely <laughs> a downside to this situation um and someone <laughs> did message us on instagram and say that like maybe it's not the smartest idea to feed someone else's cat in case they have like dietary or whatever which like honestly is a great point <laughs> that i will take um and then another thing had occurred to me even before, like once this escalated, I was like, oh, like I now need to like make friends with the owner and like figure out whether this is okay. <laughs> I realized, <laughs> you know, you only realize when you're doing something, like I hadn't fully thought it through. It seemed like a great idea. Like it's an outdoor <laughs> cat that's in our neighborhood and then it's happening and you're like, Ooh, maybe this wasn't well thought through. So my next plan is to engage with the neighbors and see if I could figure out whose cat it is and maybe like accidentally bump into them and start a conversation about the cat and see. And apologize that you steal the cat a few hours a day. And what? No, not a few it hours. It now has like weird rashes and stuff because of the cat treats you bought it. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's like, have you noticed anything? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oops, the daisies. I feel like I wouldn't go into like full confession mode right away, but I might just engage in like whatever conversation and figure out, try to suss out whether I can have that conversation openly. And then if I can, if I should continue with this. <laughs> whether it's going to be a secret cat situation or a more well, open like, cat relationship whether i need to like end this now or like <laughs> what the story is so um this could all go really badly for me <laughs> but it's going well for the cat because he's now like so he i'm actually a little bit worried about because he's so at home in our house like he'll stay for like in all honesty, 15 minutes of the most. Um, but it will come back several times a day. I'm worried about like the cat being inside our house mm. or Rosie letting him in when I'm not there because she stays home alone now sometimes. And then like us like not knowing he's there and leaving or like something like I was like, oh, I didn't think through like all the possible outcomes of this situation. So I wonder if it's like a, a gremlin situation. Did you remember where if you feed the whatever his name was he becomes like the little monsters pop out of him the gremlins pop out so you've you've fed the cat and now like there's this whole other side where he's attacking everybody's screens just screaming at them for treats yeah if it was yeah yeah, i would deserve it like i deserve (laughs) to like die by gremlin like (laughs) gremlin cat the gremlin cat. If I don't show up next week, you're going to know, like send someone to my home. There's like a gremlin cat, like attached to my throat. Like it's just the cat, like gnawing at the microphone when I just log like, on. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know something's not right over there. It all went horribly wrong. It's like cat horror story. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> coming on up note. on the show. Um, I'm going to give Sarah a hard time about where she was last week. Um, we have a voicemail and a segment called, I sure fucking hope so. And, uh, what else do we have? Oh, animal stories while training and I rock because whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by lead scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. So for a limited time, friends, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store and also support the podcast. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. Okay, so Sarah, explain yourself. Why did you abandon me? So I actually had it in my schedule. I was really excited. Everything's going to work out. And then I realized that 
my laptop and all of my recording stuff was driving 10 hours from California to Utah. Um, so I, I couldn't access it. So basically, long story short, now long story long, because I'm feeling verbose right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Zwift Academy tri-team mentor, um, which basically means I get to hang out with a group of uh, amateur athletes who've been selected and they follow their journey to Kona. Or this year, it's going to be St. George. The first half of the week, we go to Morgan Hill to specialized headquarters. They get set up in the wind tunnel and all that. And this year, because World Champs is in St. George, uh, we traveled the athletes and staff fly, but they also loaded up vans with all of our luggage and bikes so we didn't have to fly with them. And we went to St. George to scope out the course. So that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh I took a week away from, you know, my normal life and it was kind of awesome. So like, it was really busy and chaotic, but, uh, that was the first time I'd been away from the baby. Oh, wow. And, oh yeah. Congratulations. So you, that was my first question. So you were baby free for a week, baby free for a week. Yeah. Wow. And it actually, obviously I missed him. Um, but it was really refreshing in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. I, I came back um, and I didn't think that I, it, it feels like this hard reset where mm-hmm. I kind of re-engaged with a huge part of who I was and am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came back, he was totally fine. You know, I wasn't stressed about him for the week. Like I, just knew everything was going to be okay. And I, I, I think I needed it. Um, yeah. I was really surprised by that. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I feel this way about week on week off parenting. Yeah. Like no. that it's like every, every week, like I get that reset, you know, um, mm. that time. And like, I've just recently gone to week on week off. So it's, it used to be like, three days kind of it would be three or four days between seeing Rosie um and this way you just get that you do it's the week thing is like you get more time for yourself and you get a routine but then you get more time to bond with your kid as well um so no but I'm happy for you because I know that you've had a bit of a journey with um motherhood and um figuring out that balance for lack of better word um so that's cool do you think you'll take more time away or like do you think that you can take more time in your normal routine. Yeah, I I think part of it was uh came back and I realized that like Ben had felt powered in some ways. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was it was stressful for him. So I I had hired a nanny to come in for six day of six hours a day. She was able to come Monday, Tuesday, and then she got sick and there was a snowstorm. So Ben and his training partner were watching Hawk while I was gone. They figured it out. Everything was fine. But when I came back, um, you know, he, he had bonded with our son where, Mm. you know, it was before then it was very much, okay. I, I, as the mom know his schedule, know everything what's going on, you know, like I make all the decisions. It was, it was 90% on me. 
Mm-hmm. And I came back and it felt like, you know, we were partners in this. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that was a huge, huge thing for me. So part of it, I came back realizing that, you know, how much I had missed triathlon and being a triathlete and feeling that way, you know, and having that be equal to being a mom where it just felt like that had been, that side of me had been eclipsed by, you know, this new role. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, the second part, really realizing that, you know, I could actually ask for more help um, mm-hmm. and that it wouldn't be a big deal. Cause I, I had worked so hard to try to protect Ben from the stress mm-hmm. of, you know, parenting, <laughs> but yeah. realizing that it was okay, that he yeah. figured it out that I, you know, I threw him the deep end and everything was fine. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It's, it's a little bit like, um, owning a business, right? Like, like feisty is my baby, but like, if I force myself, this is something mentors have told me to do too. Like if I force myself to take a week off or time off, then it's like everybody else is forced to step up and figures it out. Right. And, and they, it's, it's their baby too. Like Mm -hmm. the people who work for you, are just as invested. They're mm-hmm. just invested in different ways. And yeah. you know, you, you have to have confidence in that. Yeah. Just like Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was good. Oh. Even if it didn't mean that I missed our podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. That was my last question. Just as I watched Sarah knock over her microphone. Um, <laughs> like you're clearly not as addicted to your computer as me. Like, I don't think I could pack my computer apart from me like my computer comes with me in my bag like that's I guess you don't like work on a computer as much as I do but like that just like gave me stress <laughs> the thought of it well it didn't fit along the breast pump oh. so I had to <laughs> choose <pump> computer <laughs> yeah I had to choose the breast pump oh this is totally an aside but I think you'll appreciate it so they have these um little uh like I guess structures in airports Mm -hmm. for nursing or breastfeeding. And I went to one of them and I had to call somebody to get the code to get in. Guess what the code was. Okay. Eight zero zero eight. Somebody had a sense of humor over there. Yeah. Just call 1-800-BOOBS and you can have access to the nursing room. (laughs) I was really excited to tell you that. (laughs) That's kind of awesome. Yeah. I hope they don't change it. I know. I was really happy about it. (laughs) You think some people don't get it? Like they're probably just like... Maybe. I don't know. All I know is it it made me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, Okay. We did get a voicemail from Jordan. So shall we listen to that? Let's do it. Hey, Sarah and Sarah, it's Jordan Blanco. Um, I'm reaching out. Well, first of all, happy new year. And I'm reaching out because as I was riding the train of the other day and scrolling Instagram um, during my cool down, I saw a post that I know that if we were writing, we'd be talking about. Um, the Instagram post I'm referring to was by Molly Seidel, um, 
if people don't know who she is, uh, it's by golly.molly on Instagram. And she's the bronze medalist from the Tokyo Olympic Games and the marathon last year. Anyway, her um, post is basically has the title or the, the comment, when your Bumble match challenges you to race. And so I scroll to the second photo and it's like a Bumble exchange, the dating app. What do you do for work, says the Bumble match. She's like, I'm a pro marathon runner. And the Bumble match is like, so you think you could beat me in a race? Uh, to which Molly responds, I sure fucking hope so. But anyway, I was just thinking about this response and it just, just incensed me that because she's a pro athlete, guys still think that they could take the woman on, the athlete on in any kind of physical challenge. I don't think if she'd said, <clears throat> I'm a cardiothoracic surgeon, he'd be saying, hey, do you think I could crack open a chest as well as you could? Um, but I'm damn well sure that if she were a wrestler, he'd be challenging her to a wrestling match. Or if she were, I don't know, a golfer, he'd be like, hey, do you think I could putt better than you can? Like, no fucking way you cannot. She's a pro at what she does and let her be it and, and give her kudos for that versus trying to like take on this physical challenge because uh, whatever. Anyway, I'm ranting now. But yes, if we were riding, I'd be ranting about this. Um, anyway, um, hope you guys are well and... Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, Sarah. I am sure that uh, this voicemail doesn't come as a huge surprise to you. No, I'm. I have seen. I did see that social media post that Jordan is referencing. My first question, though, always to stuff like that, like with Molly, is like, was he joking? Mm. So, I there was a winky face. In his message to her. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a way of flirting. Um, right. Yeah, it was it was joking, flirtatious. That is that is my interpretation. But it definitely it taps into this whole. Like Jordan says, you know, even as a joke, yeah. yeah, like even as a joke, like her point still stands that like he wouldn't have said Right. Oh, could I beat you at your job if she did something else? Right. And likewise, if you flip the switch on like the gender on it, like if I was talking to a professional marathon runner on Bumble, I wouldn't be like, oh, haha. So you think you can beat me <laughs> at a race? Yeah. Twinkie face. Yeah. Like that wouldn't be funny. So like, uh, yeah, even as a joke, I'm just like trying to give him a little benefit of the doubt that maybe he was like attempting humor sometimes. I think, I think it was an attempt at humor. Mm-hmm. I will just to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely rolled my eyes just like Jordan, but to play devil's advocate, it's not that crazy to think that, you know, if he's an athletic guy, mm-hmm. there are distances over which he could probably could beat her. If we're talking, you know, a hundred meters, but why does it matter? Like, I think it doesn't matter whether or not there is some race, some running race where he could beat her. The fact that he needed to assert himself and kind of, you know, it, it, it definitely demonstrates some insecurity 
that why there's this physical insecurity when it comes to uh, athletic women. Mm, yeah. For men. It's a great, yeah. do you have, does, has this happened to you? Like, do you have stories like this? Like when you were like, I don't know how long ago you were in the dating world in relation to being married, but like, do you have, have you had experiences like this? I've been really lucky that I have uh, dated men who are totally happy with the fact that I'm an athlete and there's some areas where I'm more athletic. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really fortunate, but mm-hmm. I definitely like this morning, I have the random guys in the pool who will sprint for 25 to try to beat me Right, <laughs> where I look over and I'm like, seriously, man, I'm, I'm warming up. Like I, why are you racing me? Why is a one-sided race where that happens. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, thankfully, thankfully I have been surrounded by secure men. I've, I found when I lived in the UK that that physical insecurity, sometimes that came with knowing you were a pro athlete, like was worse than in, at least in my Canadian context. Um, interesting. Yeah. So, and I didn't like, I never, I also like have had, like, I just wouldn't have ended up in a road where down a road where I was in a relationship with someone who felt insecure because of my athleticism. Like that would not, not have been a path, but like I've had, um, for example, um, I remember one of my boyfriends in particular, when we were, he was living in London and I was spending a lot of time there and people like at a job, so like he had a corporate job and that people at his work would ask him like, oh, you know, what does your girlfriend do? Da, da, da. And then th- the response was often like, oh, how do you feel about having a girlfriend that's like faster than you? Cause like they knew he was, he was a triathlete too. He was just an amateur triathlete. Like, and I was like, oh, that's a thing. Like they ask you that, like, or they'd ask him, does she beat you at triathlon? And he's like, of course she does. She's a professional athlete. And I'm like, I crunch numbers at work all day. Like, <laughs> what do you, you know, right. um, what do you think? Like, <laughs> um, I had one, I may have said this story on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. It's like, one of my favorite stories? So I was going through a breakup and two of my friends decided like we were going to go out and they were going to try to like find me a guy, like, <laughs> so just to like get over the breakup. And so we went out and I like, we were all three of us were on the Scottish national team, you know, um, one was a, like a national level 10 K runner. So she ran, like she ran around 33. She kept getting injured 33 minutes for 10 K. I mean, mm-hmm. she got injured and joined our Scottish national team. Um, the other one was a, an Xterra. Um, she had won Xterra races, you know, like we were all pretty good athletes. And anyway, all three of us went out <laughs> and I started talking to the South African guy and I like, as we were leaving the bar, he was like, oh, like he, he was saying something. I remember we were walking down the road in Edinburgh and he said, and, and my two friends were walking in front of us and he said, oh, so like, if you're, if you're a pro triathlete, like, do you think you can beat me at 10 K? Hmm. I said, I said, I think probably, but how fast did you run 10 K? And he's like, oh, well, I think I could run like 40 minutes. And I went, <laughs> And I said, like, we were all drunk, right? I was like, hey guys, like I called my friends. I was like, what do you think about, what do you think about a 40 minute 10K? And bless her, the runner, she said, she said, honestly, I don't know how people run that slow. 
Oh, that was her like, no offense to any listeners here, but like, that was her like drunken, like, how does a trained, what she means is a trained person. Like, what is a person who's training? Like, that was her like, I don't know how people run that. It was so perfect. I was like, and then he went, oh, how fast do you all run? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like, he like kind of got what he deserved there. Yeah. So I'm guessing that did that work out? That didn't work out. Okay. No. no. (laughs) That moment didn't ruin the evening. It was just hilarious. Okay. um, (laughs) It didn't work out in the long term. (laughs) One of many reasons. (laughs) (laughs) The random bar pickup. The bar pickup being another one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, funny. Um, so that's my, that's my, those are my stories. I have, I have a few. Um, oh. mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think you've mentioned that uh, you've had men intimidated by your job now with dating, like oh. just the fact that you're a boss. Yeah. 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 I definitely am trying to think of like specific, specific situations, but yeah, I definitely, or I get that, like, I get that it's sometimes like more of a vibe than mm. anything. I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah. I'm not oh, that well. cool. <laughs> I'm not that intimidating. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Anyway, luckily I'm in a very amazing and happy relationship now. So exactly. okay. Don't have to yeah. worry about that. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. We had a, I had a listener, I had a conversation with a listener this week, just um, and another, but another thing. And she suggested that we have a segment called animal stories while training. Okay. Oh, I have two. You have two. Very okay. short. So do you remember me telling you about uh, the squirrels that put things, uh, put acorns into my shoe boxes? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So today I'm going through my swim bag and I found an acorn oh. and I, I had a nice little laugh in the oh. locker room. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my buddy's from, from home because I'm in Bentonville. Right. They're and like, like oh, a gift. Yeah. They, yeah I brought, it, brought it all the way to Arkansas with me. <laughs> They're trying to feed you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then That's my cute. second animal story, it's not really an animal story, but I don't know how you feel about stopping on bike rides to say hi to animals. Uh, livestock in particular, but I really love the fact down here in Arkansas, there are a lot of goats and Mm -hmm. I am just crazy about goats. I think they're hilarious. They're really cute. They're friendly. I got to stop by and pet some goats today. Mm -hmm. One of the goats had something I've never seen before. It had a stick that was electrical tape uh, to its horns and I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. Like, why is, does this poor goat have a stick tape to its head? <laughs> and I got back and Ben's like, oh, it's because that goat probably is trying to get out. Uh, and it's the smart goat. And you put the stick in so it can't get through the holes oh. in the fence. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like smart, but then not. <laughs> yeah, as a stick tape tension. <laughs> I wonder if goats have like, you know, when I had um 
my, when I had my first dog, I read like a bunch of do- books about dogs. And, like dogs can feel self-conscious. Like I wonder if goats can feel self-conscious. Well, I definitely I laughed st- at it. So. Did the other goats laugh at it? I don't know. <laughs> the, the other goat could put its head through the fence so I could stroke its muzzle. That one I couldn't. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I have lots of animal stories, but I'm going to stick to one. And I also let's, we could do this for listeners. Like if anyone wants to send us an animal story, just send us a voice memo to Sarah at livefeisty.com. And we will talk about your, we will play your, your animal stories. Um, okay. The one I'm going to go with is one time for a while there, my mom was like, she was like the head of nursing in like a Northern BC community. And she had like these four different hospitals that she was working with. And so I went up there a couple of times and stayed there. It was absolutely beautiful. And I loved riding my bike there. There's like, they like literally like open roads that go nowhere, but to Alaska, you know, like you would not see any cars, whatever. And, um, one time I was on my way back and a like, and people oh, also in this community, people like there weren't fences and people didn't keep their dogs. Like people kept just let their dogs wander around the neighborhood. Right. Mm. Um, and so this pit bull, I'm sure lots of people have been chased by dogs, but this pit bull decided it was going to chase me. And I was on my TT bike and like, I got into those, I saw it coming. I got into the arrow bars and absolutely started time trialing like as fast as I possibly could. And I could not believe, like, I must've been going, I was on a slight downhill too. So like, I could have easily been going 50 or 60 Ks an hour. Just like I was drilling it. And the dog was keeping up with me for like, it felt like eternity. It was probably a minute, but if you think about like that kind of speed over a minute, like it was terrifying and like all it had. And then because I'm going so fast too, like I'm going fast to try to get away, but I'm aware that like, if it decides to turn sideways and lunge at me, Mm. like that, I would just, I would end up smack on the road, like at the speed, like at that kind of speed, you know? Um, so, oh man, that was, I don't think I've ever been so scared on my bike. Yeah. I've, I've had dogs chase me, but normally they don't keep up for that long. This was like, because it was like this, yeah. it was I, like, you know, I used to have a Rottweiler pit bull and she could run. Like yeah. she ran, I, I, she used to tear up the park, just do laps and laps and laps. And like, you know, when you're like, they like try to um, egg on other dogs and like get them to chase her. Like she yeah. was just that dog they'd be. And she just went like everyone would say to me her impressive speed. So this dog had that same kind of like, mm. like kind of tall American pit bull type genes, like fast and powerful mm. short-term sprinters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have a more fun dog chasing story. This isn't, <laughs> it didn't happen to me, but uh, it happened to Fred Ben's training partner while we were down here, mm-hmm. he's running along and a Boston Terrier, and I think it was a lab, they come out and they start running with him. And he, the entire time is like, hey, go back home, go back home. And they run with him for probably five miles. Finally, he's like, I need to bring these dogs back. So he loads them up in the car. Next thing he knows, they have gone into his bagel bag and pop their little heads up and they're just gnawing on his bagels. And he just absolutely like he takes a selfie with the dog, just happy as can be the Boston <laughs> Terrier. 
I mean, with a, ba- a huge bagel in its mouth, like right next to his head. Um, he drives it back to the owner. He's walking, well, he's walking around the neighborhood, knocking on doors, asking, you know, is this, are these your dogs? Are these your dogs? And finally finds the right person. And they're like, oh yeah, he's done this before. And the dog is just happy as can be. Somehow had managed to get a second bagel in the meantime. I mean, it was just... Bagel, you gotta love bagel eating dogs who are just happy to run with you. <laughs> That's amazing. It, it reminds me of when I had a mouse invasion in my when I lived in that in the cabin a couple years ago, and it was in the middle of the night, and it was like I couldn't help it. It was so cute. Like you don't want mice in your house, but I come mm. into the kitchen and there was like a box of ice cream cones, like sugar cones, you know? Yeah. I just, I, and I just this little mouse just like comes over the top of the box with his little paws, like some kind of cute little with his sugar cone. And I'm like, Oh, you can can have that honey. I like have the sugar cone also go away. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. All right. Let's take a break and we'll come back with I rock because. If we were writing is a feisty podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at if we were writing. And we love hearing from our feisty friends. So please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah without an H. Right. So just grab your phone, record an audio file and email it to me. And we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. All right, Sarah, I feel like we could probably just trade animal stories. <laughs> I know. For- uh, this is going to be, but we're, the, I think the listener was trying to tell us that we have too many animal stories and we need to limit ourselves to just training related ones. Um, but tough luck because Sarah ended up that last segment with a non-training animal story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why do we rock? Uh, we rock because I rock because I went away for a week and I have a six month old baby and I was totally fine with it. I Mm wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny. I feel like mine are always the same. Like it's always like I rock because I'm a feisty boss, Um, (laughs) but like that's, actually like my process of becoming of like becoming evolving as CEO and a business owner is like genuinely what I feel good about each week. Yeah. It's like my, it's like I'm checking training goals, but I don't know what the training goals are. So first you like have to navigate like where you need to go and what the new skill set is that you need. And then you do it. Right. Um, so like this, you know, 
this week, like we decided to launch the new women's performance podcast. So I had to go back to like a more intense kind of content creation, not like you and I do, where we just sit and talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> Don't have to plan anything. But like, you know, I had to, I'm doing that. And then also um, I'm I'm going on a lot of podcasts right now. So there's like a lot of emotional energy involved mm-hmm. in like um, just, you know, and I, I think occasionally I do feel worn out by it uh, because my inner introvert is like, stop. <laughs> um, but I'm getting used to that. Like just uh, kind of being myself at, at any time of day, just talking um, and confidently just telling my story or talking about the things I care about, like on these podcasts. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm feeling good about. I like that. You, you honestly, I, I enjoy your boss. You know, you rock because you're bossing it. Um, and me, I don't know. I think it's something that a lot of people can resonate that mm. that part can resonate with them. Um, yeah. Because we don't, we don't acknowledge the process. Right. And that's, you know, that's most jobs, right? There yeah. Are no, there are no benchmarks. Yeah. Most jobs. That's true. It's a great point. Like, that's like what I often think about, like triathlon training and what it gives us or training for any sport. Mm-hmm. It like actually gives us something that's benchmarkable, mm-hmm. right? And that you can control the process. And that's like, we've talked about this when COVID came and, um, people couldn't, didn't have that, those goals and those benchmarks to be able to work with. And it really like that has meaning in a lot of people's lives, because I think for a lot of people, it's the same as me. They're just evolving at a different job. Right. right. And it's not quite as like, it's not as containable. It's yeah. just, it's more chaotic. Yeah. There, there's still progress, even if there aren't these discrete points where you, you d- demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. being yeah. aware too like I'm also like because you have to you can't be aware of how you're making progress without being aware of the things that you need to make progress on too so you know I've had things like I've definitely put stuff out into the world where I thought mm, that was a six out of ten <laughs> you know um but that where it's like okay but that's the process like I mm. it has to go like if I record a podcast and I think oh I wasn't quite sharp enough I wasn't quite it's like what did I learn Mm. and how do I move forward but like the thing the actual learning thing is not like happening in private it's happening in a place where like the world could listen to it if they wanted to um that's it that's another interesting one right it's like figuring out how to be better at something that's like public yeah yeah well and what what is interesting is that it's probably it's definitely not as noticeable to other people as it would be to you yeah that you walk away with that knowledge that you're going to do things differently, but to a listener, it's not going to be something that jumps out at them. Yeah, it's true. And just knowing that like that, the the mindset that's going to serve you is that is the learning one. So it's like, okay, I'll take the points. I'll learn it. But like spending any time dwelling in anything that could have been better or like even repeating things, it's not even worth the time. Like I could take, you know, I could keep recording intros and intros and intros and stuff until I'm, until I think it's perfect, but then I wouldn't be effective at my other job, my other parts of my job. So, you know, uh, you're saying that imperfection is okay. Mm-hmm. Is that the take home? Guess I what? Love it. Guess I what? Love- everybody <laughs> big insights here. If we were right. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's always good to, to mm-hmm. acknowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, our 
our podcast is just by nature perfect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. I mean, that's why you all have tuned in to the entire podcast. It's it's easy to be perfect when you have no goal. I had no expectations. It was perfect. We exceeded our expectations. That's right. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to another week of Before Writing. And we hope that we have exceeded your expectations. Hopefully next week you're going to tune in and your very low expectations for our podcast will also be exceeded. None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We're reaching the top We're reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top